0: Oh, 2020, I don't think many of us are going to look back on you very fondly, or say that we had any great memories about you in particular, but you will certainly be memorable. One area that isn't so bad, though, was video gaming. I actually had a lot of really amazing video game experiences this year. large part of that was hey, when we're all locked indoors, video games suddenly become that much more important for escapism purposes and keeping our sanity and pretending we can actually see people every now and then. So... This time of year, people love to put together top ten lists, these were our top ten games of the year, things like that, and I could certainly do it. There were ten games for sure this year that stand out as my favorites that I played, but I thought rather than do that, rather than do the kind of expected, let's do something a little different and let's acknowledge the games that got me through this year, which for many has been a particularly trying one. So, here are 12 games that helped me get through the year, Uh, sorted out by month, although, as you'll hear, I cheat a little bit here and there to try and spread it out and have them land where they need to. Uh, First of all, though, I want to give a big shout out to a couple games that I missed that I was really, really interested in, and that is Hard Space Shipbreaker, which Scott really, really pushed and made sound incredibly appealing in Zen. I would have loved to have gotten to play that game, and Phantasmophobia, or Phantasmophobia, I don't know how you say it, it's hard to say, uh, that game I'm also really sad that I only got to enjoy from the outside looking in, and would have liked to have maybe engaged in a little more of that with my friends this year. Okay, with all that said, here's the games. January, I'm gonna give that game to Star Wars Battlefront 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2 was not a game I expected to revisit, let alone get as into as I thought I would. Uh, You know, coming into the new year, we were certainly in an interesting place with Star Wars. Disney Plus, The Mandalorian, all that had given us plenty of reasons to dive back into the galaxy far, far away, and it certainly made me want to play a Star Wars video game. Then hearing all the good buzz about how that game was doing now, I jumped in and guess what turns out it was really good i had a ton of fun with their war mode where you do a little tug of war back and forth trying to take a planet and a capital ship and just seeing all the connections to the clone wars and things like that was a real blast for me february i have to give it to no man's sky which honestly could have been my game pick for many months Because No Man's Sky is a game that I came back to probably four or five times this year. It was this nice, comfortable, chill experience that was about exploration and building. And the crazy thing is, is throughout this year, almost every time I logged into No Man's Sky, it felt like a completely different game than the game I had been playing, you know, previously. I think I did actually uninstall and install the game five different times and I should really learn my lesson and just keep it there because they have continued to support that game and evolve that game into something truly amazing. It may be well known for its incredibly shaky and honestly disappointing launch, but that game has turned into something really neat and probably more than any other game on this list or just Even if I expanded that to everything, it's the game that most people have sent messages to our show and said, guys, I didn't give it a chance until you guys started talking about it, and wow, this game's really, really great. March is definitely going to Doom Eternal, which, you know, wasn't my favorite game of the year. Uh, I played it, you know, focused solely on it. ...until I had beaten it, and that certainly speaks to its quality. I don't think it really learned the right lessons from the previous Doom game... ...and didn't end up making what felt like a better sequel... ...but it was still an incredibly enjoyable first-person shooter... ...and an incredibly difficult one, too. It's a game where when I beat it, I felt like I had actually accomplished something... Even if I had used the ability to go back and farm extra lives a little bit to trivialize the future content, I think that it was designed well, I just don't know if it was what I wanted that game to be. However, there's no denying that it held a strong grip for most of March, and uh, definitely stood out as the game that I played the most. April, we're going with the Resident Evil 3 Remake. And what else would it be? Last year, I think it was last year, my goodness, the sense of time is gone. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake just consumed my life. I have never been so hyped about a game before it came out, and then to have the execution once it was here land the way it did. So Resident Evil 3 Remake for me was an obvious choice to try and to hope they did good with. And that's exactly what they did. They did a good job with it. However, I think the gap in quality between the original Resident Evil 2 and the original Resident Evil 3 actually applies to the remakes as well, because it didn't quite live up to the magic that was Resident Evil 2. Still, if you loved that game and you wanted more of it, this was a good way to get more of it. It played a little more action-y, it was different enough while still staying, you know, within the ballpark of what they had set up and made you want to uh, play more of with Resident Evil 2. Nemesis is cool, although he certainly didn't rise above Mr. X from the previous game. I would recommend this game to anybody that enjoys the Resident Evil series, but there's no denying that as of right now, it's diminishing returns compared to Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is still, I think by and large, the best modern Resident Evil you can play that's a little more traditional than something like 7. May is gonna go to Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and boy did I think this was not going to be a game for me. I am not the biggest fan of Final Fantasy VII. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. Final Fantasy VIII was my first Final Fantasy on the PlayStation era, and going back to VII was always a bit of an arduous experience after that. So it never really was going to land on the nostalgia front, but I did like the characters from you know, what I had played and what I had seen of the movies and things like that, there was an element of appeal, and that's what got me in the door. And what I ended up discovering was something really incredible that has made it one of my favorite games of the year, hands down. Not only was it a game that seemed to capture the imagination and attention of my entire family, something that most games fail to do, and brought everybody to long sessions of sitting on the couch watching me play and giving advice on what Cloud should do, but it also just really enticed me into that world. Uh, Slight spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it's been out long enough now, Uh, but this game is not really the remake that it claims to be, or at least the term remake is a really interesting one. The plot diverges from the original in a pretty significant way, which you can say is pretty par for the course when it comes to remakes. But the weirdest thing it does is it seems to acknowledge that all of this has happened before. And what they've actually kind of crafted, at least some interpretations seem to think of it this way, is a sequel to Final Fantasy VII that falls more under a retelling and perhaps reshaping of events. This knowledge not only made me that much more invested in Final Fantasy 7 Remake, but made me want to just dive into the original game and the lore and the story. It's the first remake that not only was good on its own merits, but made me more interested in what had come before. I actually installed Final Fantasy 7 on my PC. I have it set to install on my Xbox because I have every intention of playing through that game for a better idea of where this story began so that I can continue to follow as the hopeful sequels of Final Fantasy VII Remake come out and see where this thing is going. Alright, let's cheat a little bit here. My game for June is Animal Crossing New Horizons. And truth be told, Animal Crossing New Horizons could have been on this list earlier. It could be on this list later. Uh, It's a little tricky. I'm throwing it in here because it was the best way to make it work. We're kind of tilted by a month on a lot of these, but... Hey, in a lot of cases, it's a, you know, I finished Resident Evil 3 Remake in April. I finished Final Fantasy 7 Remake in May. So, you know, the logic still stands for this list. But Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, might as well have been called We Somehow Predicted the Pandemic and We Made This Game for You um it took the world by storm in a lot of ways anybody that had a switch seemed to be getting involved in this because for a lot of us in this time of the year this is how we were interacting socially this is how we were feeling like we had a normal everyday life at a time where we didn't have a normal everyday life and i certainly got caught up in it too You know, my biggest criticism of Animal Crossing games in general is that eventually it starts to devolve into feeling like just chores. And I don't think this game necessarily escapes that, but it did happen to come in a year where just doing chores as if it was no big deal actually felt very welcoming and rewarding. Uh, It also felt nice to connect with my friends, to have them visit towns and islands and get to do the same for them. It was really an incredible piece of art to deal with this year because, my goodness, it couldn't have come at a better time. July is going to The Last of Us Part 2, and let's be real, if I was making a best game, best top 10 games of the year, or if this is what that list was, this would be in a hard-fought battle for the number one spot. We'll get to the other one in a minute. But The Last of Us Part 2 is certainly not going to be everyone's cup of tea. It is a direct sequel to The Last of Us Part 1. If you didn't play that game, this game is not shy about saying, This is a story game, and it's a second part to a story that you haven't played. You should probably play the original game. But it does stand on its own as it has evolved the gameplay into something that's much more enjoyable. The most common thing I always heard about Last of Us Part 1 was that I don't like how it plays. And Last of Us Part Two does a much better job of creating a game that's fun to play, but still carries the weighty, heavy, and emotional story that the first one did. And man, that story is rough and brutal. They don't hold back. In fact, if you're sitting here going, well, John seemed to like it, but there seemed to be a whole controversy about it. Most of that controversy stems from people just being so emotionally invested in the game that when the story beats are hard, they take it really hard. And I was one of them too. It's not an easy ride, but if it's a ride you're willing to take and it's a ride that you think, hey, I might get something out of this, it's so worth it. It's a game that came out on the last generation of consoles and early in the year. And it still looks, performs, plays, and tells a story better than anything else for the rest of the year. It is an incredible feat I genuinely can't recommend or say enough glowing praise for this game and this series even though it has become trendy to hate on it I can't the game is just flawless in what it is alright, August we're going way back I don't know if you've noticed but this list is made up of a lot of games that didn't necessarily come out this year and that's fine like i said i wanted to be able to recognize the games that got me through the year not just the games that were the best from this year and one of the games that certainly helped with that was the witcher 3 i fell back in love with this series really hard right in the middle of the year and it was exactly what i needed It was so good to get to relive that quest, that main quest again, but it was also the first time that I got to go through both pieces of DLC, which were just amazing, both of them in their own unique ways. I really love The Witcher 3, it's one of my all-time favorite games, and I said that before I had even finished the thing. Now that I've done the full journey and seen it all, it definitely has earned the place at the top of the mountain that... I've given it it's just incredible and I already miss the adventures of Geralt and it makes me want to go back September's game well it's Marvel's Avengers and it's not on this list because it's great I don't have a ton of good things to say about it it is competent it has a lot of problems And it definitely is a game that has failed pretty spectacularly. And at least at the time of this recording, has not managed to pick itself back up yet. At its core, there is a very fun concept, idea, and solid game there. There's also a pretty good story mode, which I think people might get a lot out of. If you can find it on sale, it's probably worth it. The problem is is that the grandiose plan of assembling your friends as the various Avengers and going on fun, incredible superhero missions together wasn't realized. And it wasn't just because nobody else I knew bought it and played it, but they held so much back. You can tell that this is a game where the developers thought we're going to be putting out content for this game forever, so why rush all this stuff up front? We can always hold off having cooler villains and cooler enemies and bigger story beats until later. The problem is, is these days, you're not guaranteed a later. And as a result, what exists in the game is a bit of a letdown. It's certainly not worth $60, but there's no denying that I played it for the entire month of September, or at least a month in general. It took up a lot of time, but I also can't exactly recommend it. So I want to take this opportunity to also give a special shout-out to a game called Deep Rock Galactic. Now, Deep Rock Galactic I played mostly in the beginning of the year, and I had an amazing time. It deserved to be in any of the months that it was played, but, you know, there's been so many good games that I've named up till now, it just didn't have a place because I couldn't put it over this or I couldn't put it over that. So... Because Marvel's Avengers was a bit of a bust, and while I need to acknowledge that it took up a big portion of my gaming year, let's give a shout out to Deep Rock Galactic in this spot, because it was incredible, and I would play that game again as soon as the other dwarves are ready to assemble. I mean, it is, in a lot of ways, what I wanted Marvel's Avengers to be. The game where we say, hey guys, let's get together, we got some stuff to do, and we did it. In this case, it was digging and mining and fighting bugs. If only Marvel's Avengers could have realized that. All right, October. It goes to Hades. Of course it goes to Hades. Look, I thought back in June and July when I was playing Last of Us Part Two. well, look at this. It's June or July, and I'm playing the best game that's going to come out all year. In a million years, I didn't think anything would be able to outdo it. Not just from a theatrical, you know, production standpoint, But from a story standpoint, from a gameplay standpoint, honestly. And then along came Hades, and this game. Well, like I said earlier, it would be a hard-fought battle for my number one game of the year, and this would be the other contender. I have never been so hooked on a game and the gaming loop than I was with this game. I glowed over this game for weeks and weeks, as did Bo on Core, and We loved every moment of it, to the point where we realized it was maybe even becoming a problem for us playing the game as much as we were. I don't know that there's anything I can say about it now if that hasn't sold you on it. It is the perfect marriage of a gameplay loop, good controls, amazing story, uh, everything is just perfect about this game. It deserves the accolades it's getting, it deserves your attention, it doesn't even cost $60 dollars. You have no reason not to play Hades. While you may not like it as much as we did, uh, it's an incredible journey. Go out and get it. That's it. I'm going to pitch Hades. In the middle of my recognizing games I liked, I'm going to just tell you, if you're listening to this list thinking I should buy something and you haven't played it, go play it. It's the best. November. Gonna cheat again. Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Both of these games are really solid, really good, both of them are Ubisoft games, both of them came out right around the same time, both of them do different things well, and I didn't make it as far as I would have liked in either of them. They're definitely going to be games that I come back to in 2021 to try and get more time with but both seem good, and I couldn't necessarily give one above the other. Watch Dogs Legion, I'm constantly reminded of how much fun I'm having with that game, the crazy adventures my dumb character uh, is getting up to, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a really solid Assassin's Creed game in the recent slew of really good Assassin's Creed games, so I can't pick I can't pick between the two of them. I'm giving it to both, and we'll see if I feel one rises above the other next year. That brings us to December this month, and I have to give it to World of Warcraft Shadowlands. I know there's going to be a lot of people saying, well, it would have had to have been Cyberpunk. But no, as of this recording, Cyberpunk is still buggy enough to be a bit of a letdown for me. Hopefully in 2021 that changes, but I have to give it to World of Warcraft. I made a joke on the WoW show that I do that, man, it's unfortunate it's coming out at the same time as Cyberpunk, because we're going to just do episodes where you go, hey, John, what are you doing in World of Warcraft? And I go, I'm playing Cyberpunk. And what ended up happening was the exact opposite. I have been more invested in what I'm doing each week in World of Warcraft than trying to get Cyberpunk to run correctly or trying to push through that game's story. What they've done with Shadowlands is created an expansion that's very solid, but more important has probably the best endgame that they've ever assembled for that, to where I'm actually excited each and every week when the servers do their reset on Tuesday to dive in and see what's new and see what's different. I'm really excited about this expansion and where it goes. I think it will evolve into something even better if they make the right choices. Things like Torghast give me a lot of hope for the direction that the game could grow into, assuming they patch it and make continuing good decisions for the game. But hey, the trend of good expansion, bad expansion seems to continue because Shadowlands? Good expansion. So that's my list. 12 video games a little cheaty more we got what 13 14 in there uh that really carried me through the year as we go into 2021 there are a couple games that i picked up this year that i really meant to play that i really meant to give a shot uh and give a chance to and didn't so the last thing i want to do is just name a couple games that hopefully next year i can get into and try and you know enjoy and that is Star Wars Squadrons, which I played a little of, but not enough to really put on this list. Cyberpunk 2077, which we talked about. Hopefully we get to play a more fixed, better running version of that game. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I purchased because I was so excited for it and then just got distracted away from. So I'm hoping I can get to play that. And of course, Immortals Phoenix Rising, which I have heard is... I don't know. Some people tell me it's very good. Some people tell me it's very bad. I'm looking forward to figuring it out for myself and talking about it when I do. Those have been my games that got me through 2020. Let's all hope we have a 2021 that is just as good on the gaming front. But, you know, definitely better in some other areas. Thank you all for listening to this list. I hope you have a fantastic holiday. and I'll see you in the new year. Bye, everybody.